0: This podcast has been brought to you with the support of Wise, the account that helps you manage your money all around the world. With a Wise account, you can send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast, all without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. Whether you're traveling through Asia, freelancing in France, or buying that dream property in Oz, Wise is the easy way to connect all your finances internationally. You can even send money home to Mum in Minutes. Join 16 million customers and learn how the WISE account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting WISE.com. Hello, I'm Damien Venuto. It's April 28th and this is The Front Page, a daily podcast presented by the New Zealand Herald. There have been multiple ram raids in New Zealand in the past two weeks. The perpetrators are becoming increasingly brazen targeting major malls and department stores. What's worse is that many of those committing these crimes tend to be mere teenagers. So why has this problem become so widespread, and how much worse could it become? To help explain this growing criminal trend, I'm joined by Herald's senior writer, Jane Fair. Jane, over the last two weeks, we've seen more stores in Auckland ram-raided. Why is this crime becoming so rampant?
1: I think the young people behind this, and they are mostly young people, they're just becoming more confident. They see other people get away with it. It's quite cool. They learn how to steal cars. They punch out the ignition, steal a couple of cars, and it's fun for them,
0: I think. They appear to be shifting their focus to more mainstream locations, often malls, department stores, that kind of thing. Why have they shifted that focus from dairies to these more lucrative targets?
1: Yeah, I think dairies have become a bit so. So for them, the, the dairy owners now are locking up vapes and cigarettes, and they often they have to be in and out really quickly. They know they've only got a few minutes, so they're not getting a lot. They're getting chippies and lollies and drinks and trying to struggle, and there's nothing in the till. So they they are becoming more brazen and targeting high-end, they're after clothing, electrical goods that they were in the Ormiston Mall, stuff that they can sell easily. And I think it gives them some kudos, the fact that they've actually, we were all gassed, weren't we? That they had the audacity to smash cars into a shopping mall.
0: 1am, Ormiston Town Centre Mall. At least 15 teenagers run amok. They speed down the centre of the mall like it's a highway, this is clearly a well-thought-out attack. A cleaner simply doing her job hears them coming. Terrified, she flees. It gives them notoriety. their the concept of kudos and notoriety is quite interesting. Do you think that there's a social media element to what's going on here?
1: Definitely. They don't leave it up very long, but they are sharing it on Snapchat and TikTok. There's definitely evidence of that. It's a bit of a craze at the moment. Ram raids aren't new, but they're definitely on the increase. And I mean, just around my neighbourhood, I can't get over how many pieces of plywood
0: are over every little corner shop around You know, the area that I drive around. Ramways have been around for a very long time. Is it a case that they are becoming more popular? Or is it that we're just paying more attention to them because they're targeting these more lucrative stores right now?
1: They're definitely on the increase. I did a piece on this recently and I spoke to the head of Matrix Security And he's been a policeman years ago, and he's been in the security business for, well, decades. He said shops were being burgled back in the 80s, cigarettes and drinks going missing, but now it's really hyped up to a new level. He also walks around his area in the morning, does quite long walks, and he said he often comes across abandoned cars that have been used in... Ram raids and w- one still was running. It still had the engine on. And he rang the police about one car and they, they said they were too busy to come. So he tracked down the owners himself and woke them up. It was early in the morning to s- say he'd found their smashed up car. Did
0: they know that their car had been
1: taken? No, or? no, it had been taken overnight, used in his ram raid and then abandoned.
0: Now, Jane, research has shown that the people orchestrating these crimes are often under the age of 17. Why is this problem so significant among the youth? No
1: one will really admit this, but up to the age of 17, or up to the age of 18, so 17, these kids are dealt with in the youth court. And my feeling is that they know they're not going to go to jail. They'll get community service, they'll write... uh, I mean, one of our local store owners, a bottle shop owner, he got a letter of apology and there was $30,000 worth of damage, and he was out of business. His store is still boarded up because there's a huge backlog waiting for these doors to be replaced. And the feeling out there in the community is that they're just back out on the street. They might have to do some community service if they're caught, but it's unlikely that they'll be
2: caught. It's not about just the stolen goods. Like, we haven't found... they police said, oh, we can't find, we don't know where they're going. I asked them to find out more details, check with the guys where they're selling or if it's online or if they're uh, doing for someone else so that we can find some more information but there's nothing like that. Uh, They said we can't disclose more information about the offenders. Are these crimes organised by syndicates
0: or are they just individuals taking an opportunity? Who's behind The Ram Raid craze at the moment. I've watched quite a lot of CCTV footage and some of it is like faulty
1: towers. It's disorganised. It's almost funny. You know, they're they're stealing things with nothing inside. They're missing stuff. They're in such a panic. But other stuff is very organised. You know, they come in two cars. One's a getaway car. They've scoped the place first. They come in quickly. They know exactly what they're targeting. So... One bottle store, Ram Raider watched. they didn't even look around. They came in, jumped up on the counter, reached up for the $1,000 bottles of collector whiskey. They knew exactly what they were after, and they took about $10,000 worth of alcohol.
0: You can't tell me that's for their own use. You know, as 15-year-olds, they must be stealing that to order. When you look at those more organised examples, like people who are stealing $1,000 bottles of whiskey... Do you think that there might be some gang affiliation behind that gang planning or is it difficult to draw those comparisons or to draw a link between ram raids and gang activity in the community?
1: That's definitely the feeling that this is organised criminals getting the young ones to do it for them. It could even be part of gang initiation to get into the gang, but the police won't really come out and talk. They're very difficult to get a face-to-face interview with anyone, as Mark Mitchell found out, trying to talk to the police commissioner. They can obviously you know, detain the young person, but they then go straight into the youth justice system and effectively they appear to be unable to cope. And so they're released almost immediately back out onto the street and they're reoffending again, and the police are having to try and pick up the pieces. Then you've got a pursuit policy, which means that actually they can come out, they can commit crime, commit violence, and know that there's very little chance of them actually being stopped.
0: You've already mentioned the $1,000 bottles of whiskey, but what other products are being targeted in ram raids when they are organised by syndicates or when they look more organised than the smash and grab type attacks?
1: Definitely alcohol, high end alcohol. So they'll go, you know, they'll leave the beer and, and even the, the ready to drink RTDs. They'll go for high end alcohol, vapes, cigarettes, designer clothing, cash. Most retailers don't leave cash around, but they'll try and target safes.
0: When we look at the influx of ram raids, there have been some arrests that have followed from that. Are we now seeing a backlog in the courts in terms of how many ram raids have occurred in, in recent months and weeks?
1: I did get some uh, data from the police which showed that in the year between February 2021 and March 2022, so that in that year, only 20 young people were apprehended. So I don't think there's a backlog. I think these kids, they're wearing masks and they're wearing, when I look at the CCTV, they're quite clever, often gloves. They're wearing plain clothing, pale grey hoodies and sweatpants and shoes. There's not much marking. They certainly don't go in wearing a spangly jacket that everybody will be able to. So they're really hard. And on that CCTV footage, it's dark. These kids are getting away with it. They're just not catching. That, that's
0: pretty incredible. So what steps are the police taking to try and catch the perpetrators? Are they just fighting a losing battle to some degree?
1: I think they are. They're targeting areas that are not busy, 1 and 2 o'clock in the morning. Matrix say their average response time is 8 minutes, depending on where it is. And the police are probably the same, maybe a bit quicker if there's a patrol car around. So they know they've got 4 or 5 minutes. And they come in with, there might be 3, 4 Five of them. And they come in, they know what they're after, and they're gone. They abandon the stolen car. It's very hard to identify, particularly if they're wearing gloves. I mean, sometimes the police don't even come to take prints. They have set up a, a task force, so they're calling it the National Retail Investigative Unit for Retail, but that will be targeting violent crime. So that is to try and help these dairy owners that get bashed up during the day. These are not violent. They're not violent again. I mean, they're violent in terms of the mess they leave and the money it costs.
0: I'm not sure it's going to make much difference because they are um, a small unit that's targeting violent crime. Jane, now you've received some data from the Ministry of Justice. What does that data say about youth offending and how common it is in the current context?
1: The data seems to show that, and quite proudly they sent a statement with it, the Ministry of Justice shows, that youth offending has gone down in the last decade in all groups and all age groups up to the age of 17. I'm a bit suspicious about that because I wonder if that's because they're simply not being caught. I think the police are stretched. I mean, the population's growing, crime level's growing. They've had COVID, lockdown, MIQ. They've had Wellington protests. I think they are stretched. So I wonder if that data just means they're not catching as many. And also when I read the fine print, the crime only shows up once if it's the same person. So if it's a kid who's 16 and does a ram raid five times or burgles six times, that only shows up as one entry in the data. So I wonder whether we're getting a smaller group possibly, but they're more active.
0: Now, obviously this isn't A victimless crime. Just because the victim isn't there doesn't mean that there is no victim. And we've heard some harrowing stories from store owners that have been attacked in this way in the middle of the night and then arriving at their store the next day to see the damage that they've caused.
2: There was three guys wearing masks, some of them the two of them was wearing gloves as well. So they tried to open the shutter roller door uh, with the hands. They had a tool kit, so they tried with that but they failed. Then they had a stolen car. They tried three times. So in the third time, it was really bad. So they just get in, and there was a space where from from where they all enter, and start without even wasting a second.
0: What are some of the most distressing stories that you've heard from shop owners in terms of the impact that this is having on them?
1: They feel quite violated. There's a local store in O'Raki, the Super Superette, and Jay is very well loved. He and his wife have been there for 30-odd years, and it's one of those stores where you can go to do photocopying, and it's a post shop, and you can buy your groceries. He's been ram-raided five times. You know, he arrives in the morning when they do long hours um, and the store is immaculate. He arrives in the morning to find a car inside. All the stands smashed, smashed glass. And the kids have taken, you know, the cigarettes are locked up. So they've taken some drinks and some chips and a bit of food, a few hundred dollars worth. But he's left with thousands and thousands of dollars of damage. Some of it is covered by insurance, but all the extra stuff that he's had to put in now. In fact, the locals did a crowdfunding and helped him put in roller doors. The issue with... His store is that the bollards, which you have to apply through AT to get the bollards, the ram bollards, they had to be away from the door because of some piping, I think, running under. So they actually drove a small car sideways through the bollards to get in the subsequent ram raids. And another one, another footage that I watch is the ram bollards were outside this alcohol shop and they couldn't fit the car through, so they reversed it. It was an SUV. They opened the back door And they reversed it really quickly and stopped just before they smashed into the bollards, punched through the entry door, and that's how they got in. So they're pretty clever and persistent.
0: Yeah, their persistence is horrifying because it shows that they're not going to give up if they don't get in the first time.
1: I mean, often these shops have temporary plywood over. They're waiting months for the new roller doors or the grills. So they're pretty easy to break in again, and they know that the store's going to be restocked.
0: Is there anything businesses can do to keep themselves safe?
1: They spend a lot of money. Some of them are, are forming a, a little bit like the old neighbourhood watch. They're they're forming business associations and getting together. They're um, actually starting to pay privately for security companies to patrol their areas, particularly if it's a quiet suburban area, not not on a busy main road. Two stores were ram raided in Queen Street. Now you think you couldn't get a more public place than that? But I guess they move in so quickly, choose a time where not many people are around, and off they go. So the businesses are banding together more. But really all they can do is spend money. I mean, there's a system now that if you touch glass, it sets off, the first impact, it sets off an alarm. The alarm goes off more quickly than if just once they get inside. The idea is to slow them down. So they're putting in roller doors, grills, ram bollards, bolts across, but all that costs thousands and it's not covered by insurance. I mean, some of these stores are spending an extra thirty, forty thousand $40,000 dollars to secure themselves, and they're just a retail bottle store or a retail dairy.
0: Yeah, they don't have the money to spend on that under normal circumstances, and now this issue is basically making them fork out money out of their own pockets.
1: Yeah, it's like a war zone, really, when they lock up at night. Sometimes they have three different layers of doors.
0: Now, smash and grab style attacks have been around since the 1980s in different forms. Is there anything that we can do to discourage this type of crime from continuing? How do we stop youths from getting involved
1: the problem is catching them once they catch them i think the youth court system works reasonably well i mean they make sure that they keep tabs on them they try and set them into a new direction they do their community service i mean a lot of people obviously understand they're very angry and they say that the system is way too soft but i don't know do you lock 14 15 16 year olds up in you know a youth jail for a year i'm not sure what the answer is there the issue is catching them really Because then they can be tucked into the system to make sure that their parents know, their caregivers know, their probation officer knows, or their youth aid officer knows, and that they can help them to choose a different path. I suspect that this is a craze and it's going to be hard to knock it on the head until the craze is over. And then there'll be something else that they get up to.
0: Jane, thanks so very much for joining us today. Appreciate your time. Pleasure. Thanks for listening to today's episode of The Front Page. You can read more about this and other stories in the New Zealand Herald, online at nzherald.co.nz, or tune in to news bulletins across the NZME network with thanks to our producer and editor, Sean D. Wilson, and executive producer, Ethan Sills. You can follow The Front Page on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. And tune in tomorrow for another look Behind
2: the Headlines.